Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Gene Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room, and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally-featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT, You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. Raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz and today I am happy to introduce to you Jean Burke. Uh, Jean Burke is the owner of College Prep Genius. You can find today's show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast, and today's episode is SAT Changes. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited to rise from my cocoon, you know, with lockdowns and quarantines and traveling and so much is going on that I've not uh, been around for a little while, but but I really wanted to share today about the news that we just heard about a week or so ago about the college board changing the SATs. But along with that, also, one of the things that we uh, constantly are hearing from families or seeing posted online somewhere, and that is that people are saying, hey, SATs and ACTs are going away. So today I wanted to spell the myths about that and not only why they're not going away and what are the new changes, but why they're still relevant. And I think this is important, whether you're a homeschooling parent uh, or your kids go to public or private schools. And uh, it's something that we all need to know. And, and, and always be careful, you know, when you hear some information from from someone, whether it's a friend or a well-meaning counselor or someone who repeats it from someone else, you know, you always have to ask yourself, you know, if this person is wrong, you know, are they willing to pay for my child's education? Uh, and I think that's the key. So uh, always confirm everything that you hear with someone you know who knows what they're talking about. So you know when I started back in 2004, uh, you know after you know we got free college and everybody wanted to know what we did, uh, you know I created a program and I started teaching on my home. Well, uh, funny thing is, in about a year after that, in 2005, the SAT changed. So what I had to do was I had to revamp everything. And, you know, I think the SAT, you know, even the ACT as well, but they have a tendency to kind of update and change things every 10, 12 years. It's just staying staying relevant with the times. But the reason why in 2005 uh, the SAT changed was uh, California, the state of California, uh, demanded an essay. And they said to the college board, if you don't give us an essay on the SAT, we will pull out and no longer use it. Well, they were 10% of their market. Well, it's kind of funny how that happens and how that comes around full circle because the SAT capitulated. They added an essay. 
And that went on uh, until 2012 when David Coleman took over for the SAT as the, as the new president. And at that point, it was the first time in history that more students took the ACT than the SAT. Now, it wasn't a ton more. It was 1.8 million to 1.7 million, but it still was enough to make the new president stand up and take notice and realize that he did not want to lose a piece of the pie. So he hired ACT writers to rewrite the, the new SAT at that time in 2016 when it came out. <clears throat> so that's why it was very similar to the SAT and the ACT. So now you had you know, two tests that were written by the same people from two different companies. Well, then that goes on until all of a sudden we hear last January in 2021, we hear, okay, the SAT is omitting the optional essay. Well, everybody hooped and hollered, thought that's great, but they didn't read the, the, the fine print because the real truth was that it was mostly omitted because it was still being offered and it is still being offered on SAT school days. Uh, there are definitely states that still require the essay. There are colleges that still require it as well. And so, you know, we always go back to the fact that you always go that second mile and optional is not optional. And so this is what I always recommend that students always write the essay. Uh, if they can take it on the days that's offered, please do, because that could be the, the difference when you, you know, between two students, who are very similar, uh, you know, the first cut is those kids who don't do, you know, the extra work. So you always want to do that. So now we hear a couple of weeks ago, the SAT is changing again. Now, a little shorter than I would expect it because I'm thinking, you know, 10, 12 years is usually what happens, but they tend to kind of move with the times. And so in 2020, when we were all in lockdown and nobody could go anywhere and SATs and ATTs were canceled across our nation, you know, all the kids were at a loss. So the SAT, the College Board, the ACT could not pull off a digital uh, formatting because they were not ready. So most students were out of luck. Now, one of the things, if they knew about it, and I tried to share that as, with as many people as possible, is that you could take the CLT. Now, you may have heard me talk about that, the CLT, the classic learning test, uh, which, I, which I love, uh, but it was already remotely proctored. And so their enrollments went up a thousand percent a week and every college would accept the CLT in lieu of the SAT and ACT cancellations. So one of the things is the both SAT and ACT saw the problem. They saw that, okay, if we're ever in a situation again, you know, we're going to, we're not only going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars, um, but we're going to have, people saying, are these tests really relevant anymore? Do we really need them? So a lot of colleges, of course, went test optional uh, during the pandemic because they knew that kids still need to get into school. Now, of course, that didn't necessarily figure in on um, scholarship money. So, you know, you could get into a lot of colleges, but it didn't necessarily mean, mean you could get money because the truth is <clears throat> that uh, test scores are tied directly to scholarship money because of rankings. Colleges are ranked nationally because of scores. So the higher the score, of course, the more money that you get. So you still have, here we are in, you know, early 2022, you still have schools that are test flexible. They're not, you know, they're still not resuming, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get any money. Well, when the college board made this announcement, one of the things is I feel like that they took notice was how the CLT was shorter. 
and the students love that. So they have decided that when they resume with the new changes, which is going to be right before 2024, early 2024 on the SAT, uh, which is a couple of years from now, that they are going to drop it down to two hours, which the CLT was already two hours. And I think that that they really took notice. They're also saying, well, people are saying these tests are no longer, uh, you know, important. So, of course, the college board doesn't want to fold up and go home and forget the whole thing. So what are they going to do? They're going to move with the times and make it to where people will still take it and they'll still they will still make money. So a few of the changes that you're going to see, besides the fact that they're going to be two hours like this, like the CLT, it's going to be digital online. You'll get a little bit more time per question, which is really good because right now you get as little as 36 seconds on the ACT and 47 seconds on the SAT. And then and more around a little over a minute for some of the other questions. Uh, the scores will come back quicker, which is a good thing. And you'll be able to use your calculator for every section, which has not been the case for the SAT as it is right now. Now, one of the things too is students can use their own devices and you know your own laptop, your own iPad, your own tablet. Uh, and I did read in some cases that they, there will be computers uh, available in some places for students who don't have them. Uh, but I think I, I think one of the important things is that if power were to go out, they have made it in a way that the connection will be secured and none of the work that the students have done will be lost. So that's good. You know, that nobody wants to go and spend an hour and 45 minutes on a two hour test and then there's a power surge and everything that you've done is gone. So that's, that's really good. Um, one of the things too, because we are the official test prep for the CLT, we already have been working on our online CLT program. We have a written program um, that was already going to be digital. And so we here at College for Genius um, knew this was coming. We knew that the SAT was going to go digital. Um, so we're on it. Um, it's like, like I said from the beginning, it's going to be the third time that we've changed the test. The formatting, probably strategies are going to be very similar. You know, they don't really have a lot of new patterns that they use, so they'll probably use similar patterns. Um, but we're going to adjust with the times as far as being able to use strategies while you're on a digital format. So I just want to encourage everyone that um, that we are definitely uh, not behind on this. We, it, when people ask us, when are you going to come out with your new program? We're going to say, well. It, we will come out when the college board releases an actual test that we can go through and analyze. One of the things that you do need to be careful and what is a huge red flag, and that is when a lot of companies, and this happened last time, back in 2016, a lot of companies started releasing their test prep programs in early 2015. Well, the college board didn't even release their practice test until July of 2015. And so uh, that to me is um, you know, not reflective of the actual test if you don't even have the test in front of you. So be very, very careful. Uh, the PSAT 8.9, the regular PSAT, um, those will, the new formatting will come into play at the end of 2023. So again, we're looking at a little less than two years uh, before all this changes. This is really going to affect if you have a freshman right now, this will affect you for the PSAT when your student is a junior. So, so keep that in mind. And, and I, I uh, kind of perceive that what will happen is very similar to what happened back in 2016. And that was 
colleges were taking old and new tests. So if you're taking an old test, but you're going to go to college where the new test is out, then they're probably going to make some kind of adjustments for students who have taken one or the other or both. Um, so keep that in mind. I, I do think we take that into consideration. But now, well, here's what's really interesting uh, and why these tests are, are so important for students, for families to understand that they're not going away. Uh, we heard, oh, maybe a year and a half ago that the uh, the UC system, the California school system, uh, is doing away with the SAT. So then everybody was like, oh, California is getting rid of the SAT. No, the UC system has 10 schools. And that's, you know, we're talking nearly 5,000 colleges. Uh, but, but again, let's get to the bottom line here. Why in the world are they getting rid of it? Well, here's the key. Always follow the money. Uh, they're not just to say, oh, all kids can just come on into our school. You're all good. No, what they're doing is what many of the quote unquote test optional schools have done, and that is creating their own tests. Now, it's, what is it going to be? It's going to be a standardized test with standardized questions and standardized answers, just like the SAT. Therefore, what is it going to be? It's going to be very similar, similar type of patterns. There's nothing new under the sun. Now, if you think about it, there's over 200,000 applicants that apply for UC schools in California. So if you multiply that by about $60, which is kind of an average price for an SAT or ACT, that is $12 million. Now, that's if they only take it one time. Now, most students will take the SAT two or three times. So this is a lot of money. So California isn't pat themselves on the back and saying, hey, we'll get rid of this test because everybody hates it. No, they're saying we're going to pad our own pocketbooks with, with the money instead of giving it over to the college board. And I do think, as I said earlier, this has come full circle because I think the college board took notice that they're losing a lot of revenue with California having 10% of their market. Uh, so this, the whole state of California. Now, these, these are 10 schools. Now, this isn't necessarily going to count for students who are out of state. Probably they'll take an SAT or an ACT. And the other colleges that are in California uh, haven't done this. So, so keep, keep that in mind. Uh, but, you know, again, as, as Jeremy Tate of the CLT said, this is a race to the bottom. You know, I've seen this in, in, in the 17 or so years that I've been teaching test prep. I've seen SAT will do something and dumb, dumb this up down. And ACT will dumb, do something and they'll dumb it down. And then back and forth, back and forth. So I do see the ACT will be quick to follow if not already in the works. So it's, it's important to understand that these tests are not, they become very politically correct. So as, you know, again, to quote Jeremy, you know, penguins in Antarctica aren't going to offend anybody. So these tests also are very careful of what they put in there. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I love the CLT because they're willing to put, you know, C.S. Lewis passages and Augustine and, you know, Charles Dickens, and they're not afraid of that, to, to put in something other that, that somebody might, someone in this sort of snowflake world that we live in might deem, you know, offensive. They're not worried about that at all. They, you know, they started out as a David and Goliath. They, everybody said, you're not going to make it. You're not going to, there's no way you can go up against the big guys. But again, nobody foresaw 2020 when the whole world shut down and the only test you could take was the CLT. So, um, pretty exciting for them and uh, I was very glad. So here, this is a, a reason why I'm such a big believer in test taking should be a part of every school, 
whether your children are homeschool, public, private, it doesn't matter because test taking techniques are something that everybody needs to learn because tests like SATs and ACTs, CLTs, PSATs are logic tests. And the reason why most students do poorly on them is because the questions are purposely misleading and the wrong answers can be very tricky, very appealing. And so this is why you have your smart kids, your valedictorians, your top 10%. They vomit. They vomit not because they're not smart, because it's, it's written in a way to, to confuse them. It's written in a way to purposely, uh, you know, point them into the wrong direction because it's testing our critical thinking skills, which is the, the only thing that we all have in common. You know, as all of y'all know, a 4.0 at one high school is not the same at another. Every school calculates their scores differently. So the only fair way that a college can compare homeschoolers versus public, private, whether you live in Texas, Florida, uh, you know, Illinois, it doesn't matter. You have to have something that levels the playing field for everyone. And that's why they use these type of tests. But those critical thinking skills can work out on so many other tests, whether you're taking the GRE or the LSAT or the MCAT or the CPA test or the real estate test. Uh, most standardized test companies all follow the same rules. They have this normalizing, uh, you know, following the same patterns on every single test. And once you learn that, that basically there's one objective, indisputable answer, and then there's several distractors. Just by knowing that, you, the, your students can go in and approach these tests very logically very, uh, you know, critically, uh, with a critical eye looking, you know, at these tests. And so that's why even the test optional schools, like I said, most of them are either specialized, uh, write their own standardized tests. And ironically, most students will send the SAT scores in anyways, especially for the scholarship money. So I think here's the bottom line when it comes to these tests. It's a game. But, you know, there's two types of knowledge when it comes to taking tests. School tests, you know, a school, you know, you take a class, you take a test. Uh, this is about the stuff you've learned, subject matter. You know, you can cram overnight and, and fill your brain up with a bunch of knowledge and information from the classroom and probably do well, maybe forget everything you learned. But a logic test like the SAT and ACT, these are not about any particular subject and they draw questions from all over the place and this is why you can't do any last minute studying because you, you have to study the test themselves. But I think it's important to know that testing is a game and, and, and anybody can beat the game. You know, even if you have a good test taker who's logically minded, it's more intuitive to them, or you have the other students who's more the rule follower and they pretty much second guess themselves on everything. Uh, the key is to know your opponent, which by the way, is not the other test takers. It is the test itself. So you have to study the patterns and the rules and know them inside out. This is why it's important to take lots and lots of actual practice tests from, you know, the test makers themselves. You know, on our, on our site, we have, a, we, uh, if you're one of our members uh, on our, who's taken one of our classes or have our e-course, you know, we give you a link to like 40 plus actual college board tests, real tests that you cannot get anywhere. Because uh, you can only get 10 online. Um, so we, we give you that link. Uh, but it's the key really is to make a concerted study of the test itself, the strategic poise, and then basically the landscape of the game board. So once you familiarize yourself with the rules, 
know, carefully following the explanations of the sample problems and applying the rules. The more, you know, again, the more question types you're exposed to, the more fo you can focus on your weaknesses and self-correct them. Um, so it's really important to be leery of bad advice when it comes to taking these tests. Start early, practice correctly, you know, gain confidence in your techniques and trust the system because a test maker has to follow the same patterns. That's why it's standardized. It, every test will have the same patterns, um, same types of questions. And so I think it's important that uh, just like an athlete, you know, playing a game, you know, how do you win? You've got to know your rules. You've got to know your opponents. Um, learning, like I said, learning the patterns and, and, and no last minute studying. You just can't study for these tests. There's just no way because it's just uh, all about your logic skills. And, and, and remember, you get about a minute per question, uh, which that doesn't necessarily count any reading of the passages or transcribing any answers over. So logistically, there's not enough time to answer these questions uh, in the time that you're allotted. Uh, they, the test makers actually design it that way. They know that students are going to work at supersonic speed and try to finish up the questions. And, and so this, the whole system favors carelessness and lack of attention because you're trying to rush to get through in time. Um, so just, you know, learning to retrain your brain to, to beat these tests is, is the key. And I think it's been said that it takes 20 focused hours to learn the basics of most new skills. Then you need time to self-correct any mistakes. So as you become a trained test taker and you start to practice and start to execute the skills appropriately, then that's how you beat this test. It's not an overnight success. You cannot shortcut the shortcut. This is why I say start your kids early because you cannot get time back. And one of the important keys to remember is when your kids are practicing for this test and they've missed the question, they have actually made two mistakes. Number one, they picked the wrong answer, but number two, they failed to see the correct one. And once you learn the recurring patterns that are used on every test, you can actually start to see why the right answers are right and why the wrong ones are wrong. So it's, it's all about learning the patterns, practicing with the right test, and, you know, like I said, practicing like you play. And it's going to come down to accuracy before speed. So in other words, you're not going to be answering questions in 30 seconds or less in the beginning you're going to just get familiar with the patterns and then you're going to practice and after a while it'll start to click and you'll start to see them. And what you want to do is follow what's called the RATS, rate, R-A-T-S, RATS, right answers to time spent. You know, getting it down to where you are answering every question very, very quickly. So that, you know, that's the key. And this is why I'm such a big believer. You know, I've seen this time and time again, students um, learning to beat this test, you know, regardless of if you're a good or bad test taker, it doesn't matter. Start early. That way you can compensate in case you are needing more time to really internalize the information and learn the strategy so that you can apply them appropriately. So here's the key. These tests are beatable. They're not going away. The changes actually, you know, probably will be for the better because it's shorter, probably will have similar strategies. We are so on it. So don't, don't worry about that. You know, once we know what they're going to actually put on it, we'll, we'll adjust everything as possible. But your kids can beat SATs and ACTs and CLTs and get unbelievable scholarship money. Because here's what happens. 
not only do the colleges go up in rankings based on their test scores, but when they, when they admit all these students who have higher test scores, their rankings go up. Therefore, they can attract all these other students who can pay full sticker price because the people who have that kind of money want to go to higher ranking colleges. So your student may be there on a 100% full ride, uh, and yet their, their classmates are all paying, writing out of pocket. And they know that. And this is why your kids can get, you know, uh, everything paid for. And, and on top of all that, the, um, if a college admits a very talented athlete that maybe has only the bare minimum to get in on their test scores, well, what that does is that drops the scores down which means the rankings are going to drop. So now they have, they're out looking for these higher ranking students. So you can use that to your advantage. You can become a trained test taker and have colleges begging your students to enroll. So, um, you know, take these tests seriously. I, I mean, the colleges do, and they put a heavy emphasis on it, you know, more than the GPA that they can't verify, you know, is, is you know, calculated stronger in one school than another. This is why it's important. So any questions that you have, you know, about testing, test prep, you know, let me know, you know, email us, uh, you know, call us at College Prep Genius. We'd love to be able to, uh, you know, answer any questions that we can. Um, we're really excited that we have started to resume our live classes. You know, when we were all in lockdown in 2020, we pivoted to online virtual boot camps, which have been very successful. And I'm really excited because I didn't know to go from having classes all across this nation and several countries to going to nothing, uh, you know, was really crazy, but it forced us to, again, develop an online class where you still get a teacher in real time that you can answer questions and you can uh, interact. And so we have that, but we also have just resumed our uh, live classes. People, as they are coming out and waking up and saying, you know what, we're done, we're tired, you know, of the pandemic, we want to you know, go on with our life, then people have called us. And I've actually taught several classes. I have several classes coming up that are live classes. My teachers, you know, are out there working. And uh, so several ways you can do our program. And that is you can do our online e-course, which is self-paced, mom and dad friendly. Uh, at your own time, you get a whole year access to it and a small renewal fee if you want to continue on. Step on how to beat this these tests, SATs, ACTs, CLTs, doesn't matter. Um, and, or we have the live virtual boot camps uh, that, you know, again, you can uh, either do a three-day class or an eight-week more accountable class. And then if you want to teach, a, if you want a live class where uh, myself or one of my teachers will come and teach it there in person, then contact us because we're excited about getting back out on the road and letting people know that, you know, hey, we're still here. We've not gone away. Uh, but contact us, um, you know, at collegeprepgenius.com, info at collegeprepgenius.com, uh, call or phone. Uh, I have an amazing assistant who answers the phone, my class coordinator at 817-282-7737, um, and she can direct you or answer any questions that you may have. So I'm uh, real excited about um, helping your kids get free college. That's what I'm all about. I've been working on a book. For over three years now, it's basically your guide to how how your kids can get free college. And it's not just about the scholarships and the testing. It is about every step of the way. Like, what do you do? Instead of spending five ten $10,000 on a college planning company 
that's going to handhold you and walk you through how to, you know, fill up the FAFSA and, and write an essay. Um, it is beginning to end. And what I have learned in 17 years from so many different people, uh, you cannot get all this information anywhere else in one place. I have taught with college planning companies. I know lots of admissions counselors at colleges and high schools, and they've all given me inside secrets. And so I've taken these all of this and put it into one book. It's going to be a membership book online that will be updated periodically, um, and it's going to guide you through step by step. So I'm excited about that. I'll keep you posted on that as it's, um, as, you know, as the, you know, we're in the final editing stages, and we'll let everybody know about that. So uh, if you have any questions about that, let me know. So thank you so much. I appreciate you listening, and uh, I'm excited to be back on the podcast and. You know, we're here. You know, we're here for you. Um, we love success stories. Let us know if you've had one. Uh, any testimonials send those to us. Or if you just have questions, contact us. So, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, y'all have a great day. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.